0: Everybody knows that one of the most important pieces of a hunter's kit is their knife. Whether you're looking for a flushing blade, a skinning blade, or just a quality, multi-purpose knife for the backcountry, Yukon River Knives has what you need. They offer blades such as the Hunter, Small Game, and the Sendero Bush Knife. Yukon River Knives is based in Texas and has a unique mission goal in that a percentage of all knife sales go to support a missionary in Alaska. Now Dalton, you've experienced with these knives in the field. Talk to us about that.
1: As a matter of fact, I have used a few of their knives and watched my good friend Remy use them for years with great results. They have a micarta handle that doesn't get slippery when it gets wet, and they have phenomenal edge retention for long skinning jobs. Go check out our web link on the northernhunter.com, and that'll take you directly to Yukon River Knives website to see their full selection and order your knives for your next hunt with the discount code the northern hunter at checkout. And remember, nothing replaces a quality hunting knife.
2: You're listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is James Payne. I'm Mariah Humphreys, and today we are going to be talking a little bit about mapping, accessing, wheelering, just getting trucking. out in the woods, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tr- trekking, yeah, trucking like,
0: or trucking, pickup truck,
2: pickup truck, yep. yeah. But all about how to utilize uh, satellite mapping systems for your benefit to get out in the woods the best you can. Um, this. Uh, bunch of different tools we'll talk about Mm -hmm. today that we all use and uh, love using really amplifies the hunting process but if you aren't familiar with the ins and outs of it it can really actually get you in trouble so we're gonna get into that um before we do make sure you're uh hitting us up on our socials if you have Mm -hmm. any questions we have uh instagram and facebook if you search at the northern hunter you go to the northernhunter.com we've got a nice contact button there where you just fill out a little bit of information you can get a question to us a comment anything you want to tell us uh or ask us about that we talked about on the show or anything you're curious about uh, we've gotten a lot of great suggestions for future episodes and other content we're going to get into making um while you're there go ahead and stop by the shop page we've got hats hoodies t-shirts mm-hmm. all that um look real snazzy and uh purchasing some of those really helps support the show helps us grow helps us keep doing what we're doing and uh, if you'd like to support us while you're out there in the woods.
0: Well, while you're on your hunt, <laughs> check out our sponsors for, and partners for the gear you will need. Uh, you got the uh, Batum 907, use code TNHP for mm-hmm. your bear baiting and your moose hunting scents that are legal in Alaska. Hammer Bullets for killing. Yukon River for skinning. Weatherby to shoot your hammers out of, right? yep, exactly. Uh, Sixty-inch club for your gain bags and Stealthy Hunter for your uh, health and mm-hmm. your your butt with that uh with that glass
2: and pad, absolutely.
0: And your rifle cover to take care of that Weatherby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the rest of those, except for Weatherby, use discount code the Northern Hunter, no cap, no space. Yep. And uh, with Weatherby, if you pick up a Weatherby rifle, because you heard it from the show, mm-hmm. call them, let them know that we sent you
2: absolutely and uh you know 60 inch club also offers uh all kinds of rentals for hunters things like right, that right. uh access to the woods he'll he'll help you plan your hunt and everything like that yeah. great dude we're gonna uh, be talking to him more here here in a little bit on the show so definitely go shop from uh, any of those sponsors that we have there on the show or on the the partners page on our right. website they're all great companies they make great products um, I I like how you were tying them together there. It, yeah. almost, it almost seems like we're, we're, we're building something up there. I, like, I, a, like a whole kit. <laughs> so, it kind of is. Yeah. Getting yeah. There. <laughs> but yeah, it's all, it's all hunt related stuff. That's a big thing is, is we like to uh, partner with companies that are not only good companies that make good products, but also in the hunting world that right. help you achieve your goals as much as we're trying to help you. So uh, we appreciate all the support and thank you guys uh, for subscribing to the show sharing it with your friends and everything Mm -hmm. like that that's also a great way to to support us um so for this one i found a really interesting article to talk
0: about another one
2: um yeah i've been i've been scouting a little bit um for for these things and uh on ktoo's website we talk about them all the time but they they have a lot of really good alaska outdoor news um they're one of the few good uh I don't know, groups, I guess you'd call them, uh, news articles that mm-hmm. cover Alaska outdoor stuff um, and are actually up to date. You know, right. There's things that come out daily, basically, several articles. But this one came out um, just yesterday. And uh, the title of this one is, uh, They Logged On to Watch the Famous Fat Brown Bears and Saved a Hiker's Life Instead. Uh, so for anybody that hasn't heard the, the story already, there was a hiker, That was down there near the Catmine National Park, which is uh, pretty famous for bear viewing. Um, It's a Mm -hmm. real beautiful area of the state. A lot of people go there. There's tours. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff you can do down there. And one of the things that they offer is these kind of remote webcams, basically, where you can view bear habitat. Mm -hmm. See them when nobody else is around, see what they're doing. They're eating fish, all kinds of good stuff. Well, there was a hiker that ended up getting lost on the trail, got stuck out there, couldn't find his way. And uh, so, a group of people that wanted to go watch one of these live camera feeds, mm-hmm. which I think they even stream those in some restaurants and stuff like that I've seen around town. Yeah. But um, go on there. And this guy that had gotten lost found one of these cameras and then came into view of the camera and started wording. Um, Help me. I'm lost. Help me. And uh, symbolize that he needed aid and he was out right. there. And, and you can see in the picture, there's a, there's a picture of the guy on the, the article here. And you can see in the background, it's just completely fogged in. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I bet this guy couldn't find his way. It looks like you can't even see 50 feet around there. Um, and so the, the people that were watching this this live feed, we're able to actually get a hold of the, the park rangers and every, and get a hold of the, the people locally. And they figured out which camera he was in front of and went out there. And mm-hmm. I, I think it says they got him within like three hours or something. Yeah. Like he that. wasn't
0: very far from the camera. Yeah, he, was, he was
2: hanging around the camera. I, I, I mean, that's a great strategy. Right. <laughs> if you have a live stream camera, you know, just hang out and pop your head in every once in a while. Um, but I don't know. I thought that was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, that this guy out in the middle of nowhere, was able to get saved by people, you know, on their laptops, basically mm-hmm. watching, watching a live stream. So, what is one tool that we like to use in the woods, Mo, to keep us from ending up in a situation like this? Map. Maps. Absolutely. Oh, sweet transition there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot more to talk about in that article, but if you do want to read it um, and look more into that, then that's, uh, that's K-T-O-O. on KTOO's website. So, um, but yeah, so mapping systems. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there, yeah. a whole bunch. And, and people are often trying to develop new ones, mm-hmm. uh, trying to improve on what's already been built. Uh, the one I would say is probably the most common among the hunting world would be Onyx. At That's, least up here. Yeah. At least up here. Yeah. A lot of people I know use that. Um, it's a great, great tool. Uh, they have a lot of features on there that are great, especially mm-hmm. depending on, on which level of membership you have. Um, Go Hunt's another really popular one. Yeah. They're, they're, I would say they're up there with Onyx these days. They started, you know, later than Onyx did, but I mean, they've they've got a lot of good features on there too. Um, Each one has its own, you know, benefits or drawbacks or some are a little bit more glitchy Mm -hmm. than others. Um, and, And there's just, I mean... I don't even know how how many more there are. I mean, there's at least two there's, more. There's a lot. Think. Yeah, more. base maps is one. Um A lot of them then,
0: are, are developed specifically around deer hunting and whitetail. Yeah, you know, small, you know, private land or, or small hunting hunting in the states, which mm-hmm. is a lot different than up here. Um I, I know I was going to kind of start this off with just talking about how I got started mm. with e scouting. Yeah, which I had. I, had, I didn't hear that term until a couple of years ago <laughs> um, when, you know, it was really probably popularized. But when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. I started doing what my dad would do. You know, as a kid, even younger, like I loved hanging out on Google Earth. It mm-hmm. was cool. It was fun. I loved zooming out and seeing the globe and zooming into spots and all that kind of stuff and yep. finding pictures of shipwrecks and and whatever. But, <laughs> um, you know, looking up, looking up like the Nazca lines and stuff like that. Right. Well, as I got a little older and hunting myself and things like that, um, I started looking at areas to hunt, started mm-hmm. looking around road systems, looking for places to access and all this kind of stuff and looking for wheeler trails. And that's, the, and, and I started with that because that's what my, I remembered my dad doing some similar to that using Google Earth and using printouts, taking me right. in the field um, for maps, which I never did. I don't know if, I may have done that maybe once, but mm-hmm. I, would, I, I discovered like I could use my phone. Go to it, and if I, was, if I had it open, I didn't accidentally close it. I had downloaded maps while I was off, off right. grid, and my, the GPS built into my phone would, con- would keep connected. Mm-hmm. And then, after a few years of doing that, um, on X, I discovered on X. Mm-hmm. And I was the first person in my sphere that I knew at the time that used it. Like, okay. I was introducing a lot of people to it because yeah. of its functionality and capability. Right. And back then on X would take you'd hit download on a map and mm-hmm. it would take forever. It might have an error. It was really weird. Now it's super fast and easy in there and <laughs> it's great. But at the time, it was probably just their servers and stuff like that at the time. But anyhow, they now yeah. Now we've got Go Hunt. I've talked about Spartan Forge. You have, yeah. Uh Dalton and I both really like the direction that company looks like it's heading. It's all still in beta mode, mm-hmm. right? It's all still under development. They don't have a lot of their features built in for Alaska yet. But they have really good satellite map. Right. In some cases, better than Onyx and Go Hunt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, one thing we've got written down here is um, understanding the age of satellite
2: images. Yeah, that's a big one.
0: So you know, you can look for a lot of areas to hunt. You can look <coughs> for road, you know, road systems. Even you might find a neighborhood that mm. has a old um, old road that was punched in, but the but the subdividing and everything was never done. So you've got a bunch of land back there that's not even private land mm. that you can just run right back in on and hunt or, or get access. And there's usually a wheeler trails off those areas.
2: I was, I was going to say, a lot of those ones, they'll have trails that go even right. farther past right. beyond there. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, and, and the other thing I used it for is I'd be going somewhere and mm-hmm. I'd see a trail off the road or a highway or something somewhere. And I'd yeah. get on my map. I'd mark it on my phone. And later, I'd get on Google Earth, then on X looking at that spot what's there where does that go Mm -hmm. is there anybody you know and then and then you got to go ride it to find out if there's people there (laughs) right (laughs) right um so you know that's pretty straightforward figuring Mm -hmm. that kind of thing out depending on the area of the state you're in and stuff in interior there's trails
2: everywhere right did you ever uh did you ever use like an old school gps back in the day
0: I had one real old school one mm-hmm. that I never took out in the field. Did you, yeah, it just it was too slow. It didn't have any to, to, topo on it. You no, either. no, yeah. <laughs> it was like I look, It was like the battery didn't last very long. It took days to connect to satellites. Yep. Like,
2: so, kind of along the same lines back in the day, before I got into like any of these mapping systems, um, I would do a very similar thing. I would use the the Google Earth. Um, right. Zoom into where you're looking at, and and the hard part is you know that's not designed for hunters Mm -hmm. so there's no pins there's no anything you know you kind of got to almost like take a picture of what you were wanting to to keep in mind Mm -hmm. so you could go back and find it later or or mark down the coordinates for it and everything um but when we were in the field i would i had an an old gps unit like one of the old brick models of of the original Garmin's, and those (laughs) Back in the day, you know, now with the, all these new systems, you've got the, the tracking that'll leave oh, yeah. a dotted line behind you and all that. We'll get into all those features. Um, there was nothing. You know, you could set a waypoint, basically, mm-hmm. and then you could see where you were in relation to that waypoint. And ba- all you had for point of reference was how far away from that waypoint where I know my wheeler is. Right. Am I? But I don't know. Like you said, there's no topo. There's no nothing. There's yeah. no... There's, there's no imagery, so you can't see what kind of terrain you're walking. You just know, okay, generally that direction. And right. hopefully you didn't walk yourself in too many circles. <laughs> you know, being out there all day long. But
0: you know, I remember my dad had one of those that he used maybe even before Google Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the same kind of thing, like, Well, we're this far. You know, he would use it for bear baiting. Make right. sure we were far enough off the road. Yeah. Because without that, that would be a hard guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Trying
2: to find a quarter mile when you're zigzagging through the woods. Right. Yeah. You think you're walking <laughs> right. a straight line. Or, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. And the road curves ahead. Exactly. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. so he would like drive the road and mark the spots on it. Mm-hmm. And then we'd get out where we were going to, and we'd like, hike in, you know, and yep. make sure we were far enough from everything. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and we're talking about this, like, you know, people didn't have, think this was high technology at the time when it was out, you Right. know, right. Right. before that, that was, there was nothing, yeah. you know. Um, But that's kind of where we started. Um and yeah onyx was my first my first venture into uh into these these newer mapping systems as well it's it's kind of like you said i think it's the most popular one in alaska um it it had the highest you know all the friends that were recommending me Mm -hmm. getting into these better mapping systems and everything um but it was really game changing uh to to get a, a system that had as many features as, the, as oh, yeah. these apps do. The um, pins,
0: the tracking, the downloaded maps yeah. that you didn't have to worry about losing.
2: Right, that's huge. And, and we've talked about that on the show before, making right. sure you have your maps downloaded before you right. go somewhere. Um, and, and those are all features that I would say are fairly universal with, with mapping most, systems, yeah. so among most of the big name ones. Um, is your ability to... Download an offline version of it so that mm-hmm. when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you can still see high-definition details. Otherwise, for anyone that hasn't tried, it just shows, you know, blotches of color, essentially. Right. You'll just get huge blocks of green and brown and tan and you know, all these different colors. Um, but, so you're able to download an area. Depending on the size of the area you're trying to download will depend on the resolution you're able to download. Right. Um, the other pretty standard feature is tracking. You know the ability mm-hmm. to start at your wheeler, hit that tracking button, and then just you can walk completely cross country, yeah you know and, and it'll just leave a dotted line right behind you and when you want to turn around, you just go back, you follow that dotted line back and you don't need flagging tape or anything like right. that anymore these days <laughs> um and then pins too pins is is another pretty pretty universal thing and and I like that they've gotten better about the kinds of pins that they're, they're offering these days, at least with the big name ones. Yeah. Colors um,
0: and icons.
2: Yeah. Co- different colors, different icons. Um, you know, a lot of them when, when I first started using maps, didn't have caribou pins. They didn't have like all the different, right. The different species, you know, it was just like, Oh, I saw a deer here. So I'd be using deer pins for right. everything you right. know, or, or sometimes, you know, way back in the day, it was just an X, you know, if you were using it on, eye, you know, right. it was just right. basically that. um, but um I like what you were saying about the uh the age of the satellite images. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I say we jump back into that. I mentioned yeah, that, but
2: that's huge.
0: I want to actually tie that in with using multiple map sources. We've talked about the different apps. Yeah. We've talked about Google Earth. I haven't looked at Google Earth for a long time. Mm-hmm. At least I've used it in Google Maps occasionally, mm-hmm. but I'm always looking for an address or a business. I'm not I haven't used it for hunting. Mm-hmm haven't actually got on Google Earth right. and looked. And they may have some great satellite imagery. Now, I remember when I got on X, the first thing I noticed was it had better satellite imagery because mm-hmm. it, it was designed for the satellite imagery, whereas Google Earth was kind of the first publicly available, easily accessible, right. you know, free that everybody could use. And using the multiple sources and understanding the age of satellite images, primarily right now I use OnX and Spartan.
2: Okay. Yep.
0: Now, I use both. I try to pin and track and both keep stuff updated. Spartan is missing a lot of their main features, like mm-hmm. you know, terrain, elevation lines. Um, they do have great 3D, yep. which is good. Um, they do have better satellite in a lot of areas. Okay. However, that's because some of it's older, and the older was a little better in, in some of those areas is what I've discovered. Now, I've also discovered this. An older satellite image, when we're talking about the age, mm-hmm. can a lot of times reveal trails that have not been ridden in a long time or are grown up <laughs> right. and you will not find on the new satellite imagery. Yeah. And so I'll compare the two and looking for the line in the trees, maybe on mm-hmm. the old, that's not in the new. Yeah. Right. And, and using that and comparing the two.
2: Well, and especially not just trails, but like if you're looking for clear cuts or something like that. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're, you'd mentioned using GPSs for bear baiting before you know so if you're trying to e-scout a good bear baiting area or a good moose hunting area and you're trying to find somewhere you might have some visibility Mm -hmm. for moose or you might you know be able to get into some some timber for for bears you know get into a little bit more brushy country or maybe you're looking at oh well this area was cut you don't know when it was cut but it looks pretty fresh on the picture yeah so by now it's probably grown up because it has to have been a couple of years at least i've rolled into some of those places that have 30, 40-foot tall trees. Yeah. And on the satellite imagery, I look at my, where my cut. pen's at and yeah. it looks, I should be standing in the middle of a field.
0: So so one thing it, with that is you can usually always see somewhere, it's, sometimes it's hard to find, but somewhere there's listed the date mm-hmm. of the, uh, that the satellite imagery is and also where it's from. Yeah. Like uh, on X, you're going to see down the corner, I think you're going to see like Mapbox. Okay. I think that, you know, that's where they sourced it from, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously they've got a source and update and all that kind of stuff and I'm so glad I don't have to worry about any of that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. I used to think
0: it'd be great to develop some kind of app app where depending on where you were in the state, it mm-hmm. would tell you what the regulations were at the time. Right. There's I think there's too much liability with something like that. Right. But you know, our wonderful state government is trying to develop something like that and they have nothing but bugs and issues. Maybe that's a government <laughs> thing, I don't know, but um <laughs> probably (laughs) you know that i have that app for you know it's supposed to have your license and everything right Mm, yeah i've never been able to get that thing to work really maybe like once while i was in the studio
2: so i had to reload it the other day Uh it it needed an update um i haven't tried it in a while i was having some issues with it too um the mapping still seems a little bit glitchy but they actually say on the app that the mapping is not in its final phase yet so it's kind of in a beta setup right now um it's really good for figuring out like which unit you're mm-hmm. in and stuff like that, or maybe where you you can follow big features like right. rivers and whatnot. But it doesn't; it's nowhere near the quality of like some of these hunting apps, where like Onyx, Go Hunt, right. any of those. Um, but I finally the other day I was able to log in after updating the app, and it it now shows like all my tags, all my license, mm-hmm. all of like the the dip netting permit and all that stuff is all on there now. So it's. It, it, cool. it, you might just have to play I'm with glad. play around with it a little bit. So, <laughs> so I haven't checked
0: this out yet, mm-hmm. but I have been told recently, at least for Southeast, mm-hmm. that the British Columbia Fire, um, I don't know exactly what you know the the government agency is in British Columbia or whatever it is, but something mm-hmm. with the fire agency or something like that. Their mapping system or maps that they have, which may just be online maps you look at pictures of, or like an ArcGIS type thing, like you'd look up for. Uh, property ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it might be that kind of a setup. might be a little harder access, not as easy to access on your phone, but I've heard that some of the best up-to-date and most detailed satellite imagery, at least yeah. for Southeast, from B.C., you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they've got satellite imagery of Alaska. Yeah. Might, you know, may just have a lot to do with being a similar type of area. Oh, and, I'm sure, yeah. Just studying forest <clears throat> fires. Right. But it's apparently it's publicly available on the internet. I haven't huh. had time to look it up, but apparently it's been the best for a long time.
2: Right. Now, you would obviously probably be the best guy to ask about this. Um, I've been told by people that might not be the most techy mm-hmm. people um, that some of the reasons that there's inconsistencies between these apps as far as the map quality goes is that there's uh, multiple satellites up in the sky that are okay. imaging the, yep. the Earth at, uh, at basically the same time. So some, some are using more recent pictures where like, you'll actually see what the, the cut the, the timber cut yeah. looks like now more currently, at least within like the last year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some of them uh, are sourcing from older photos. Right. Maybe they're, you know, only updating whenever, you know, Google Earth does or what, or yeah. whatever. Um, and it's it's interesting when I'm looking at some of these mapping systems because I've noticed in certain areas you'll see where there might be a difference in, when they sourced the picture, depending on even in the the exact same location. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, there was a bowl I was looking at at one point and on one side, it was just like, you can almost break it down into a grid because like every once in a while, you'd see a winter photo or a a winter image. And then it would be summer again, right below that. Right. Um, and not in an area where I'm like looking at a glacier or anything like Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's like actually like there shouldn't be snow there in the time of year that there's not mm-hmm. snow right below it. And, and I was curious about that. If, if some of these newer mapping systems or something like that are just using a different satellite right. or something like that. Okay.
0: So yes, it can be different satellites, mm-hmm. obviously different sources might have different satellites. Yeah. You know, it seems like everybody's got satellites taking pictures <laughs> these days, right? Right. Um, however, <laughs> what's happening there is so, so the best example I can think of, there's an area that I hunt um, that on Spartan mm-hmm. has really good maps. Very, very Easy clear, easy to read, mm-hmm. but they're a little older. I don't know how much older, but they're a little bit older, okay, you know, and then on X has maps in the same area that are a little bit more updated, and you can actually see it, it you can see a line where they where on x's maps kind of change they're pretty good, and then they kind of get kind of bad quality right, yeah, so the reason for that is and they're but they're more they're a lot newer than say what Spartan is, okay, right. Now, the reason for that is if it's just a little bit overcast, maybe just a few wisps of cloud in the sky and they take those pictures, Mm. they're still good enough to use. Right. And they're more
2: updated. But you're going to get that distortion. But there's distortion.
0: It's darker. Mm -hmm. Right. It's harder to see. Whereas a Spartan might be super green and nice looking. Gotcha. And That makes sense. And so having both of those resources is actually really good.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, Spartan is taking it a step further than I think anybody else has. And at least stateside, I don't know if they're going to do all this up here because there's a lot more country to cover up here. It'd be nice if at least they did most of the main road system in popular hunting areas. But they're flying UAVs. Oh, really? Unmanned aerial vehicle drones, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, the... Like, like
2: doing their own mapping? Of doing different, their own mapping really? with
0: UAVs to get... High definition, like true high definition
2: imagery. They must have some good sponsors.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they're their own UAVs, right? <laughs> right. But um, you know, it's military guys, and they're taking yeah. what they learned in Afghanistan, you know, mm-hmm. in Iraq, which it says on their website, and are applying it to hunting. Like wow, like getting this high definition information. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they're going to do that up here. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um. But yeah, no, I, that, so the reason for that is weather. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, some, especially older pictures are going to have snow. Gotcha. And there might be this weird little slot where for whatever reason, the new pictures don't quite catch it. So there's a slot where you've got the snow. Mm-hmm. I remember that on Google Earth. There used to be a lot more of that on Google Earth. Where yeah. Where you had random places that would switch to snow or cloudy. And there's a lot more now that doesn't have that because they focused on getting updated imagery. hmm But you don't, you know, they don't always catch all of it yeah and it's going to depend on you know onyx go hunt or spartan or base map or fat map is another one that i used to use before onyx had 3d because fat map had 3d and they're probably somewhat obsolete now i imagine but
2: (laughs) um, i've never even heard of them
0: no they they weren't like a hunting app they were just a mapping app that had 3d so that's what we used them for
2: yeah all right well that's all good topics let's take a quick break real quick and we'll jump into some some reviews of these Hammer Bullets produces what we at the Northern Hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great BCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long-range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 30-30 to the high-velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code The THENORTHERNHUNTER to drop the hammer on your next adventure. All right, so one feature you touched on mm-hmm. that I wanted to dive in a little bit more that's really exciting with the, these apps is the 3D feature. Right. And I know a lot of people these days still haven't maybe utilize that to its full potential. Um, like I said, I started with Onyx um, and when Onyx released 3D, um, I was really excited for it. Gotta say, though, in the beginning phases, I did not love it. It was functional. Um, it was functional. Better but, than nothing. But it was real... Uh, the best way I could describe it is just wonky. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it was a little bit, um, you know, hard to, hard to navigate yeah. At the beginning, um, trying to figure out the different angles and everything like that. But it also seemed just looking at areas I'd been to seemed mm-hmm. like it maybe wasn't the most accurate at that point. Now this is a while ago.
0: When it first was no, beta, when, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Back when you had to be elite probably to, to exactly.
2: Use it. Yep. And and then, you know, all these other apps started coming out with their their versions of 3D maps mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh Go Hunt has really great 3D maps that they, they've uh real easy to navigate even mm-hmm. on mobile. Um, and I just, I wanted to get, give a quick, uh, praise to Onyx cause I was playing around with their 3d the other day on the mobile app and it's gotten a lot better recently. Um, yeah. it, it really helps out if, if you haven't used the 3d feature for anybody listening, it's really helps you get a good idea of what you're about to tackle. Right. I mean, I normally, if I'm not in 3d, I'm normally in the, uh, what is that? The 2d topo hybrid. Version where okay, it shows yeah. the the imagery and the topo lines on top right, of that. Right, You get the um, and it elevation. it gives you a good idea. You know, yeah. I mean, and I'm used to reading topo maps, so I can look at that and read it pretty good. But you know, having that 3D image is just there's no reading involved. You just you can see the trail. Mm-hmm. You know, if it if it's one you've mapped out before, or if it's just one you're looking at, how it goes up and over the ridge, if it right. rides the ridge right. line, if there's steep points in there. Um, one thing I didn't like about Onyx at the beginning was you could change the scale of the 3D. You still can. I, I don't know if you can on mobile, but I think you can on desktop. I believe you can um, on mobile. Can you on mobile? Cause I know
0: you didn't like that. I, I it's, think it's great, but...
2: Do you? Yeah. I don't, what, what do you use it
0: for? Well, the base elevation that it mm-hmm. starts at is the actual right? Right. Yeah. And sometimes you're looking to see if there's an area that has a hump or rises and you can't really tell in the base, especially oh, on mobile because so you've got a small screen.
2: You're just exaggerating so it, you to it. it to see So you exaggerate it to see what's okay.
0: actually there and then you can drop it back and get a better idea of what's actually happening.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause that, that, that was one feature, at least on the desktop version yeah. that, that really threw me for a loop initially. But, um, on the mobile it, it seems to be pretty accurate and I, I, I've really seen, found it to be a very useful, mm-hmm. useful tool. Um, but speaking of finding trails and everything like that, um, I think too, you were the one that, that brought this uh this topic, this topic to up. us so
0: yeah, well, it came to mind for 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 a couple of reasons for for one, I've been hunting recently in an area that early on I found with Google Earth right okay? yeah and I also well I, you know I, there there's a new trail, mm-hmm. a new road out there um that I had found it, interestingly enough, I was using OnX and we talked about tracking. Moment, Quick quick thing on tracking with this. Mm-hmm. If you find a trail that you may ever think you want to ride again in the future, mm-hmm. you may not track it one way, but track it going back. A lot of times yeah. if I'm riding a new trail, I don't track it going because it's real going to be spotty. I might be stopping to cut a tree out of the way or something if it's fallen over because it's an old trail. But going back, I track it yes. to get the most consistent track. And I may never ride it again, but I have the information. And I say that because this area... I did a lot with Google Earth, so I didn't have any tracks or anything like that. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of areas I know I've ridden, but on I, haven't, I can't even find some of these trails on any satellite imagery anymore, <laughs> right. right? And I know if I look, I mm-hmm. can find them, but I just don't know exactly where to look, and it's just not convenient for me to do that right now in yeah. the middle of hunting season.
2: Before you get too far, I can I tell you what I do in those situations? Okay. So if I'm riding a new trail, um, I will track myself the entire time. So from the time I get off Mm -hmm. of whatever main access I'm using, whether it's a a trail I've mapped before and I'm just seeing an offshoot or I'm going off the road or whatever, I'll track myself as soon as I start on there because when I'm using Onyx, they have a trim feature now. They do now. So you can trim your trail and i i think that came out last year sometime or maybe a little bit it may have been yeah, a couple of years ago it might have been a couple of years ago i i remember when i saw the the little pop up when i yeah, opened it i was yeah. like oh man that's that's cool and it took you know once you figure out how to use it so what i do is because you're right you know you're you're stopping to cut trees yeah. out of the way yeah. you're you're maybe going taking a different route in then maybe you see a better way out you get off your um, wheel and
0: walk around you get, get that scribble
3: on
2: right yeah you know you yeah stop for lunch or something like that or stop to glass and it's just the the little bubble moves around and Mm -hmm. just creates all these, all that craziness. And and I don't like that. And so usually on the way out, it's a very straight shot. It's late, sun's going down or it's already down and I'm just trying to get home. Um, what I'll do is I'll then go in and I'll just trim it from the beginning and erase that part going in. Cause I like to have it tracking while I'm going in just because then, you know, if for whatever reason I get disoriented or or Mm -hmm. have to find my way back out, at least I've got that tracking system in place. You can always clean it up after the fact, at least on Onyx. I don't know if I don't Onyx, know if these other ones have a trim feature I haven't explored. Starting
0: has that yet. They're adding feature. I every once in a while I get on there and things have changed. It's easier to use. It's more mm-hmm. intuitive. It, it's great. They're really doing a lot of work there. Yeah. But um, Go Hunt, I imagine, has a trim. I don't see why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The trim feature in Onyx initially with Onyx, it was only available on PC or on your computer mm. or online, not just PC, but Mac, whatever you used online. Um and then they added it to to phones, yeah mobile to make yep. it easier for that. But so so the re so the reason I have the habit of maybe not tracking one way or tracking one way, but then stopping and starting another. Yep. Is because I was like, I'm O C D with how my maps look. <laughs> yeah, I don't too. want too many pins. Yeah. I don't want you know, I look at some people's maps and they've got like, oh, that's just what are all those pins? Oh, those are everywhere I've taken pictures. Right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man. I couldn't stand that,
2: <laughs> but I think we were just talking about how I just I had to go back and clean mine up, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's like for the most part, if I have a pin on my map, it's there for a reason. If I see it, I know it,
3: mm-hmm, right? Right. Yeah.
0: And one mistake I made early on it was well, back to the real quick. I'll get back to that mm-hmm. in a minute. The yeah. trails mm-hmm. tracking, you couldn't trim initially. Mm-hmm. So I was OCD about that. It drove me crazy. I'm not right. OCD about a lot of things, but that drove me crazy. I'm the same way. Yeah. And oh, I could see that. You know <laughs> right. um, so I would ride trails sometimes, specifically to get a good, clean track <laughs> on my maps. Now I had time to do it then.
2: Did you go back and re-ride a trail oh, yeah. to get? Yeah. Oh I've yeah. Done, done the same
0: thing. Oh yeah. I've done it. Yeah. Yep. And that's when you know you're OCD right right now, and like I said there's a lot of times before I used OnX mm-hmm. in tracking that, that I didn't or that I rode something once thinking I was going to you know track it on the way back and didn't
2: right right
0: and I try to be really 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 good about that now and pay attention that's part of the reason I bring this up is this year starting these stories off mm-hmm. is uh, moose hunting I was going to head down a trail to go camping that I'd ridden down before I knew where it was it was a trail that Do worked very hard to keep hidden, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. So I head down this trail, and next thing I know, there's all these um, trees thrown across the trail, like piles of trees. I'm like, "What in the world's going on?" Mm. Like, I heard somebody had said something about a woodcut something, and somebody like did the woodcut in the middle of this or whatever. I was kind of confused, or you know, when what what happened? I didn't know. Um, So I like, so I have to get off my wheeler and start walking around and figure out what's going on. And I walk around the trees, and I walk you know walk 20 yards or something and there's a road crossing my trail no kidding and i was like what in the world right (laughs) now i've got a meat wagon that's full of gear Mm um so you know i easiest thing to do if i didn't have that would have been to turn around and find the beginning of the road right it wouldn't have been that far away because i've got that i'm kind of pulled downhill Mm. um it wasn't gonna be easy to back that thing out of there no so i find a bank that yeah you know, i did some serious puckering and praying as i went over <laughs> like if it wasn't for the meat wagon held in the weight <laughs> right. i would have gone head over uh head over heels on on the wheeler on that thing <laughs> climbing dropping down that bank yeah <laughs> but i got down the bank and i was fine and like whew. That was fun anyhow but then to find my trail mm-hmm. i had to use my maps because it was hadn't been ridden mm which is good it was a hidden trail to, you know secret easy access right right yeah and uh so I had to get off my and hike into the trees where there weren't a bunch of knocked over trees mm-hmm. to find where my trail went. And then I eventually found it yeah. and went on. But if it hadn't been for my map where I had tracked years ago, it would have taken me a lot more work to find that trail. And it may sound like, oh, come on, you would have known the trees and stuff. Trust me, it was not <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah. No, it
2: you, it's never is in the backcountry. It turned
0: out there's a whole new, you know, woodcut back mm-hmm. in there that's a hundred yards wow. diagonal line, right? Actually, it's a good moose hunting spot. But, um, <laughs> right. Anyhow, that's one instance. That's where the mm. beginning of the story starts. Yeah. This this year and bringing up some of this stuff, having a lot of, having the pins, marking the spots you sit because, mm-hmm. you, you know, where you can see in glass something specific and you didn't realize you could before. Um, and then the next thing I want to talk about, you know, checking and writing before season. Yeah. Right. Now, that was an area I knew well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a new area in there. And I got looking at my Onyx and realized that kind of dark area that had that weird line through it was a road. <laughs> like, it, it was funny because I hadn't looked at my Onyx until.
2: Right, yeah. For, well, Because you knew the area. I hadn't yeah. been
0: in there for a couple of years. And right. It's amazing how things can change like that. But, so, fast forward a few days. Uh, I hunted out there. came back to town. And then I was going to, and then I've been in there hunting um, every every night as I can, that I can. Right. Right. um, Pretty much everything but podcast night. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've been in there hunting. There's not a lot of moose, but hey, it, I'm, I'm, I'm in the woods and it ain't going to happen if I'm at home.
2: Right. Yeah. So
0: I I was in there one night. It rained a lot. It wasn't supposed to rain, but it did. And I had parked my truck in kind of a downhill area where there's a road to, but there's kind of a turnaround and any like highway vehicle would go out. But there was a couple of wheeler trails heading from there. One being real well-traveled one that went down to that road. Okay. That new road. Used to go past it, but it didn't really anymore um, because it, because that road was there now. So it would just ride down to it and jump over to the other old road. And so I need new tires on my truck. Got some other issues before I can take it to the shop. I have to mm-hmm. taken care of, right? Well, because I need new tires and stuff, there's no way I was getting out of this little low spot I was in. I tried, and I just kept (laughs) spinning. I got in the grass, and I just kept spinning. Mm -hmm. So I I go for a walk down the Wheeler Trail, make sure I'm not going to hurt my truck, kick some stuff out of the way, go around a bank. There's a guy camping up there that I know. He mentioned something about a barrier the other day.
2: Okay.
0: I'm thinking that's this barrier right in front of where my truck is, and I look at it. I can get around it no problem, right? Mm -hmm. I can hit it just right, not scrape anything off the bottom of my truck, and I'm good. So I drop down. I basically slide down the four-wheeler trail. Mm. <laughs> um, as one does. <laughs> I was really hoping not to slide across the road, but thankfully it hit the road at an angle and I rode right onto the road. Mm. I drive down the road a couple hundred yards and guess what's in front of me? A barrier. A barrier. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what kind of barrier?
0: Logs, stumps, and dirt, dirt ah, like they usually are. Yeah. Right? You know, they go into it. They do a mine or they do mm-hmm. a woodcut and what do they do? They block the road off as in, a, in an attempt to show that they're trying to keep people out yeah. for, for whatever reason.
2: Well, yeah, it's because there's usually people working down there, and they don't want. Well, this was they, like, they don't want a bunch of people. This was shooting. like shooting.
0: They were done.
2: Oh, where they? This done? isn't okay. a
0: gate. This is like logs. Like, all right, let's dig this up. Let's let's cover this road up to keep pickup trucks from going in there. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Well, my pickup truck's in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not oh. going back up that four wheeler trail. <laughs> I slid down. Okay. This is where that checking, riding before season, knowing <laughs> the area. Um, if I had looked at my maps closer. Mm-hmm. I would have seen the barrier because I looked <laughs> the next day and it was in there and I could see the dark line across the road. Mm. Right. Um, so it must've so, been there for a while then, huh? Well, the, that was put in a couple of years ago. Okay. The yeah. So they put the barrier in after they did the woodcut. Right. And then, you know, obviously people have been riding around somewhere on their wheelers, but right. I don't know where that's at. and no way I'm driving that on my truck. Mm-hmm. um, because the one like, on a wheeler trail I did ride down used to be a road. Yeah. Okay. So like it's grown in a little but I can still get down it. So I pull up to the barrier. I walk up to it and I was like, just like heart sinking. Like <laughs> I, I can't get my truck back up that What, what am I going to do? Like mm-hmm. I'm running like I should have had the guy at the camp there. Just pull me up the hill with his truck, mm-hmm. you know, cause he wasn't, it wasn't in the hole like I was and, you know, but I can't do anything about that now, so I kinda of push that out of my mind and I'm kind of just like, God help me, what do I do? <laughs> so I walk over to the barricade and I start looking at it, and I realize it's made of three things. Well, two things really. It's made of wood and it's made of dirt. Mm-hmm. But stumps, logs, and dirt. You know what I have in my truck pretty much all the time? A chainsaw and a shovel. <laughs>
2: So, is there no barrier anymore?
0: Well, there's still a barrier, but it's a lot less of one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I i mean, it was probably four or five feet high. Mm. You know how they are. They're just a bunch of logs and dirt and stumps. And Yep. You've never pulled up to one and thought, oh, I'm going to cut this one out of way by hand, have you?
2: No. No. No, well, I can't say I, that I have.
0: I haven't either, but now I know you can... Get through one at least about that size in about an hour. It was some hard, <laughs> dedicated work at about midnight.
2: Yep. Um, anyhow, uh, they call I, that brute force and ignorance.
0: <laughs> well, it was a matter of, um, well, it's this, or I'm going to go be camping with my buddies, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to make it to work in the morning. So, yeah.
2: Yep. To me, gotta do what you got
0: to do. To me, it wasn't worth not making it to work in the morning. Yeah. So you know, it, it was there was a big old stump in there. And how do you take apart a stump, right? Mm-hmm. I tried grabbing and moving the stump. It wasn't happening. So I dug the dirt off of it. I cut the roots apart one by one, rolled that piece of the stump of the way, mm. cut the other roots out of the way, shoveled dirt, cut logs, Pulled <laughs> <bold laughs> logs, shoveled more dirt, cut more logs, pulled more logs, and just kind of continued that. Yep. Shoveled the dirt to the sides instead of away from the road, mm-hmm. right? To the sides of the barricade to kind of ramp over. And I got to a point and I thought, oh, that'll be good enough. But then I stood back and looked at it and thought, oh, nope." Yeah. <laughs> I might scrape something off my truck. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I got it to a point I thought I'd be good. Put her in four wheel low and mm-hmm. it hit the gas, and it popped right over it. And nice, nothing's fallen off my truck since. There so, you go. <laughs> and then I was able to get all the way back up the the hill on the main road out. Yep. And now now there's access into my area that I, <laughs> I was really. I, and it's funny because I went back the next night and talked to the uh, the guy in the camp up there and said, "Hey, did you find my?" did you find my thing? He goes, yeah. Well, that night I heard you go down the hill and thought, huh, wonder how he's going to get out of here.
2: Because, <laughs> because he, would yeah, right. he knew. Yeah.
0: Right. And there's two guys there and the other one goes, yeah, I thought you were going to be camping with us that night.
2: Yeah. Anyhow.
0: And I said, did you like, did you like my, uh, did, did you see what I found, what I did? And he goes, yeah, I used it. <laughs> nice. So it was a piece of cake to ride a wheeler through there now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, things are going to change, you know, between when you're out there and when you're not. And, and even if it's a very familiar spot, you know, it's a good idea to just double check it. The other reason, like you'd brought up before, you know, you might find trails on old imagery that show a well-defined, you know, wide open trail. You're, you're going down there thinking you're going to be able to see for miles and Mm -hmm. you show up and it hasn't been ridden 10 years right you know something like that and and it's just the the overgrowth it's all bowing over the trail and there's logs falling down from windstorms and it's just so knowing where you're going to go before Mm -hmm. you go there it is is a a huge thing you know making sure it's it's actually the trail you want to hunt on because you don't want to show up day of all packed up with your meat wagon full of camp Mm -hmm. and you know end up having to spend the entire day cutting logs out of the trail. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> apparently dismantling a barrier <laughs> to get right, your truck out. Right, <laughs> Well,
0: and that's kind of an extreme situation. When I was a teenager, i get myself into a lot of bad spots with my truck. Mm-hmm. And that in a long time. That was the first one in a long time. And I hey, we, I didn't have to call anybody to pull me out. I
2: think we all did that as teenagers. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably. Um, try to push them as far as they'll go. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm mud and I'm so cool. Yeah, no,
2: just, <laughs> you just look like
0: an idiot when you drive through you town,
2: chunks of mud on your
0: hood, but hey.
2: Just, just spending a lot of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, you know, so so with that, um, that, so I have that marked down as unknown barriers. Mm-hmm. Specifically that, you'll find gates, you'll find those kinds of things. Yeah. Don't, you can, but if you go in for the first time during a season to ride in somewhere and there's a gate in your way, now, where are you hunting? Right. Right. Especially yeah. if you're planning on riding four or five miles to get back to where you're planning on walking. Sure, you can walk that now. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a lot more work and you you ain't hike, you don't want to hike that moose out four or five miles, I guarantee <laughs> it. Right. right.
2: Yeah. It's a long ways.
0: So, you know, there, there's there's unknown barriers. Usually, you can even see a gate across the road. Yeah. On a map. In most Look cases. Look closely, especially at entrances. Another thing, though... Is ride before season. Mm. Check the trails before season. Figure out what they're like. For one, you're going to get in there without all all everybody and their brother. Yep. Right. And you're going to see what it's like. You're going to see how bad the trail looks. With you know, you're going to find barrier barricades or barriers. Yeah. Um. Don't ride down something you can't get up without knowing you can get out. Right. I don't know if I've ever done that before. Mm -hmm. But if I have, there wasn't a barricade in my way. Right. Um.
2: Well, and on top of, you know, it's not only good advice for access, but also just for scouting in general. You That's know, we, kinda, yeah. we, we always tell people, you know, you should be scouting ahead of season anyways.
0: Talking about animals. And,
2: and talking about animals, but yeah. Access. Looking from, but yeah, double checking your access.
0: Especially motorized access, mm-hmm.
2: right. And a lot of these mapping systems too, they'll have um, layers on them that might be a good gauge on where there could be gates, could be barriers and things like that, where they'll show you You can, you can set up to show different land owners, different, uh, and and some of them are more specific than others. You know, you can actually, I think Onyx has a layer for timber cuts for like, uh, timber leases and things like that. They do.
0: It's not real accurate up here.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say up here, they change so much that it's, it's hard to keep track, but, um, for government lands Mm -hmm. or tribal lands or anything like that, you know, you, you, it's good to know what land you're on because that'll kind of indicate what kind of barriers you might run into and and what kind of obstacles you might see. Um, So let's take a quick break right here and then we'll get into some terrain features.
1: All right, folks, we all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to stealthyhunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout. The Northern Hunter to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.
2: So, kind of like the um, with with the sponsors, you mm-hmm. kind of tied it all together. I feel yeah. like we're doing we're doing a, a good job with that on it's this episode Because this next topic kind of ties together with everything we've been talking about with uh, land ownership, land access, barricades, scouting, all that. Um, One important thing to look at, or why it's important to go out and check ahead of time, is because terrain features on these satellite images, Mm -hmm. when they're a little bit old like that. One, we talked about the trees and things like that, how sometimes they're a lot more overgrown than you might think they are that's pretty basic, but there are areas of the state, especially here in Alaska. Now I haven't done a whole lot of onyxing in, in like lower 48 states or anything like that. Right. Um, where it'll look like one, it, it it'll look like one feature um, is there such as big timber, big trees in comparison to what's around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really have to, have to train your eye to understand what the picture is telling you. It's 15 foot Um, black
0: spruce that are two inches in diameter.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, you can look at, at an area and and think, wow, this looks, this looks great. It looks, Mm -hmm. it looks like just a bunch of grass. It just, it must be a meadow and it's a swamp. You know, you can look at (laughs) areas where that's what it is. (laughs) Right. You can look at areas where you might see what appears to be big, bushy, Tree, you mm-hmm. know, canopy over the top of, of of an area, maybe along a river or something like that, or along a uh, or out in a field, and compared to everything around it, yes, it looks like a nice canopy of trees. Right. It looks like you should have good timber in there. And then you show up, and they're they're three inches thick, tiny itty bitty little trees, right. um, not very tall. They're just yeah. look tall in the imagery compared to What's the, the it? little ten foot tall trees all the way around it. So I, um,
0: I've got a great story and analogy for all that. Yeah, go for okay. it. so multiple stories regarding <laughs> that. So trail system, road system, founded mm-hmm. on Google Earth. Once again, got in there, did a lot of riding and like, hey, look at this. This goes all the way back to such and such. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And man, it looks like it kind of kind of dwindles towards the end, but you know, we'll figure it out. So we get in there, we get riding. Um, a lot of it's on a hill. We ride down the hill, we get down to the bottom and um it's getting muddy. Mm-hmm. We still don't think much of it. We start, you know, it's whatever, it's just mud. Yeah. It wasn't swamp, just mud. So we're riding through the mud and it starts to get boggy, yeah, swampy. all the nice big trees on our sides of us turn to black spruce. Yep. It's small. We start um and I don't remember if that particular trip we made it all the way back in the area we were headed. As I recall, we got part way back, turned around, and on the way back, we got stuck. And then an Argo guy came along and pulled us out. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, he was drunk too, but <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting night. Yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> but anyhow, um, so that's once again, before season, checking that out, figuring out what's there. As it turns out, it's a great spot to go park your wheeler, hike in, hunt, and then work your way towards the moose that you kill mm-hmm. later, right? Right. Not necessar- necessarily a good area just to ride into. Yeah. And that same spot, several years ago, I had a buddy who was hunting out there. Um, he likes to hunt that area. Um, and he, he said he had these guys come up to him, and not to, not specifically, not to, You know, put dig military guys and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of them that are great hunters, but just like everybody, there's a lot of them that think they know everything, and they don't. Sure, yeah. So
2: new new to the state. Yeah, yeah.
0: So 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 the story goes. They came up. They 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 pull up in a Honda Odyssey, and there's a couple guys on wheelers. Mm. They've all got their like military headsets on, talking to each other. Nice. (laughs) You know. (laughs) my attitude when I heard that wasn't nice, it was more like, Oh wow. I guess they could hear each other. Right. But right. Yeah. You know, anyhow, that aside, um, the, the guy was like, he goes now they, I think they thought I was trying to keep them out of my hunting area. He Mm. goes, which, you know, maybe, maybe that was part of it. He goes, but I looked at what they were riding and I told him, Hey, if you go over this way on the road and the trail, you're high, you know, you're not going to get stuck. You really don't want to head down there, right? Because mm-hmm. they had asked him, hey, how do you get back to such and such back, that's back there, right? Because they'd right. seen it on maps or, I don't know, once in a while, there's helicopters flying out over that area. So maybe mm-hmm. they were, one of the guys had been riding or somebody that maybe, they knew was a Maybe him, that's where they got them, the headsets from. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Anyhow, so they just said, uh, you know, he goes, well, that's down there, but you don't want to go that way. Mm-hmm. But they tried anyway. Yeah. Swamp yeah nasty mud so they get that honda they get way back in there he told me where they got stuck right Mm -hmm. and like honestly hundreds of yards further than they should have been able to make it (laughs) must have been a year when it hadn't been ridden a lot right Mm -hmm. they get back in there and they get stuck and so they've got winches and wheelers he goes i hear him cussing and yelling and like (laughs) you know he does at the time he uses a wheeler out there now but at the time he walked everywhere right right? yeah
2: well and Those features, you have to in a lot of them. Right, right. Well,
0: you know, so he didn't have any way to help them or anything. Right, yeah. They got themselves into it, right? (laughs) Once they get out, they're not going back. Um, Again,
2: brute force and ignorance.
0: (laughs) Right. And, you know, and it's interesting with an area like that because so many people do maybe what I did, but they Mm. do it right in the middle of moose season. Yeah. They get out there, they run right in there, and guess what? They finally got that thing out of there. Yeah. You know, I think they may have had to call somebody with a piece of equipment or something to, like a loader to come pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um
2: Which you see that all over the state, yeah. honestly. I mean, people getting vehicles stuck in places they probably shouldn't have had a vehicle to begin with. Oh, but, yeah. um But, yeah, no, it's just, it's amazing. I, I think, like you were saying with the, how the, the tundra and the, the swamp can look on maps up here. Yeah.
0: It can look like it looks like a
2: nice, wide-open, like nice, wide grassy trail. Probably yeah. something like a lot of people have seen back home, um, or you know, in other areas of the country that they've hunted. And it's important part of going out there and seeing what it's like beforehand, right. Which can be hard. You know, people that work yeah, a I, lot I of hours. You know, if you're working one of these sixty to eighty-hour-a-week jobs, you know, you don't always have time to get out there. Um, you know, military folks there's a, a certain distance you're not allowed to go past the gate basically and where you, unless you have to get like a, a pass to go farther mm-hmm. out um that can be hard to get you know there's there's barriers with work and with uh you know responsibilities and things right. but it's very important to prioritize it because i guarantee you know if these guys were new to alaska that's probably exactly what they thought they're like oh big wide open Trail that goes right, all the way right. back in there, not realizing the kinds of terrain features we have right. here.
0: And my buddy was trying to help him out.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't listen. They
0: yep. knew better. And you know, and the same thing last weekend. Mm-hmm. Same spot. A bunch of wheeler guys didn't know the area. Mm-hmm. Went riding right on down in there. Got stuck.
2: Yep. You know, I think you got and Stuck I'd, bad. I think you and I did a good episode on on how to ride in swamp. We did while, talk a about while that quite back, a bit, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know, yeah, I'm not. This is go. an episode to talk about how to ride. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about knowing the areas, mm-hmm. checking them out. Exactly. And when in doubt, just to say, in the how to ride area, mm-hmm. when in doubt, get out and walk it. Yeah. Take a stick, poke the ground. Right. <laughs> if you don't want to step there, <laughs> stick the stick in there. Yeah. So you know. Uh, so the next terrain feature that goes with the water mm-hmm. is rivers
2: yeah. and creeks. That's a big one.
0: And actually, I would almost say creeks are bigger than rivers. Yeah. Because creeks can be very deceiving.
2: Especially on satellite maps.
0: Especially on satellite maps. Yeah. And, and in how they look. Um, and also the spring to summer mm-hmm. thaw. Because they will freeze. A lot of them will freeze over solid, dry up, and the ice will fall in. Yep. And you can ride it in the winter on a sled. No problem, right? You can mm-hmm. ride it with a wheeler if you wanted. You can ride across it in the spring before the waters really started to flow when there's just a little bit. Right. And it can be deceiving.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, the other thing with looking at them on satellite maps is if you don't understand how much uh, shorelines, shore banks, things like that change year yeah, to yeah. year, if you're looking at a very old map, that thin spot in the river that you're looking at where you think you're going to cross might not be so thin anymore.
0: Right. Well, and, and the other thing is if it's thin, it's high bank. almost guaranteed, especially in Alaska creeks. Mm. Um, You know, and I had a situation one year in an area where we had ridden in actually from another direction and like, oh, where's this connect to the main road? And we found it and rode out like, this is awesome. And it crossed what we didn't realize at the time was a big creek Mm -hmm. next few weeks later. uh, I think we did that on sled. So a few months later in the spring, let's go put a bear bait out there. That's awesome. We got out there. Couldn't believe there's nobody else out here. This is amazing. We get out there, we set it up, boom, we ride out. Next week, we come back. Our snow bridge, which we realized the next week was, it was gone. And there was water flowing. A lot of water. It's like 20 feet wide right there. Wow, that's a lot. Um, So <laughs> maybe 15 feet. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah. so we find another spot where there was a low bank here. We could ride up a little bit and there's a low bank. And mm-hmm. um, it was fast, really fast moving. I had a little heavier wheeler at the time. Dalton was with me. He had a little lighter wheeler. So I would pull him across, right? Mm-hmm. Or otherwise, he was going to get kind of swept down. Right. We didn't think anything of it. We crossed. We got in there. We checked our bait. It was early. So we headed out. Come back a week later. On a whim. Mm -hmm. Premonition maybe, right? (laughs) I grab, a pick up a log that's six, eight feet, right? You know, one of those like three, four inch birch logs that's laying on the ground. And um, I walk over, walk down to where I had pulled in last week. And I stick it in, just shove it down as hard as I can, right? Mm Like, like you check a depth of a lake or something, right? Right, right. Um, maybe cut a hole in the ice when you're beaver trapping and you might do that to see how deep it is there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do that in that river, the log disappeared mm-hmm. straight down into the water, six to eight feet. We had driven across on the ice underneath the water really was safe to do, <laughs> Yeah. but if I had but, driven but in that same enough. spot, mm-hmm. I would have. Sunk my my wheeler would have been swamped and I would have been swimming, right? Yeah,
2: it's very misleading. Exactly. During those early so times.
0: that was that. You know that was a big thing. Yeah. You know, just that it changed every time I saw it, right? And mm-hmm. then I had to build a bridge. Which the next week I came back and we'd had a lot of rain and guess what? The bridge was washed away and I had to build another bridge. <laughs> that was a lot of work to build a bridge across ten feet of water. <laughs> right. It is. In which which was wat- narrower than where that log disappeared, so I don't know how deep that water was. But I did not want to fall in. <laughs> I got to rope in the logs together and tying them off to the trees and stumps, so mm-hmm. they'd at least be there. We could put them back in place, right? Um. So <laughs> then you got rivers. Rivers aren't as big of a deal. You can usually see them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can. You can read. You can what, pick them out, happened. and you may not be able to cross the river. Yeah. But you know that's where you just need to. If you're planning on camping on the other side of the river, you need to find out before season Yes, if you anyway can Otherwise, you're going to be camping on the river.
2: Yep. Um, well, and a lot of it's just about familiarizing yourself with, right. with the area. Yeah. You know, because that's one of the things. Once you've gone and you've seen, okay, this is what those trees in uh-huh. this area look like. Now you compare those trees to mm-hmm. the trees you see two ridges over. Right. And maybe those ones look a little bit, you know, more full and a little bit darker green maybe and a little bit you know you can tell the difference when you're looking at those two swaths Mm -hmm. of trees okay yeah that's why these trees are so small and and, and spindly is because they're just you have no point of reference around them um same thing with with swampy trails you know once you've gotten a gauge on on what that looks like on the map then it really helps you out in future future scouting But even once you get a good idea of what things look like in the state and mm-hmm. you you start to understand the maps and, and reading it, always, always, always go check. Right. Because sometimes, you know, it's not swamp you're seeing. Sometimes it's just moss sitting on top nice, of it. You can it, like ride. It, easy. it could it could be that or it could be, you know, five feet deep and it's just the green moss sitting on top of it. You on know, top and, of the water. Right. On top of the water. And the second you try to ride on top of it, you're just gonna go straight down
0: right so with rivers a mm-hmm. more, few more things two things actually rivers and creeks so mm-hmm. so there's some rivers in alaska that are called creeks but they're right rivers right. <laughs> um and you don't take the Tanana river okay mm-hmm. now it's massive you're not crossing that on wheelers mm-hmm. i've heard of some guys taking like really small wheelers and big tires and like figuring out ways to float across good for them <laughs> <laughs> not, not my
2: game no mine neither
0: um but there's a lot of rivers. If you look at it on maps, it's it's uh it's spread out, right? It's got all these channels and you know, all, it, it's just crazy. And when mm. I say channels, I'm not talking channels on the water. I'm talking about channels with all these like islands in between them. Right, yeah. Now what you'll see, and that changes, it changes constantly. Okay. Because there's so much water, more water in the spring, less in yep. the fall, and yeah. every spring it changes. It's
2: pushing the dirt around, right. changing the right. Yeah, changing everything.
0: Now what you'll see with smaller stuff smaller rivers mm-hmm. like I said that might be cold creeks especially coming out of the mountains is it looks the same it's just on a small scale right mm-hmm. maybe most of those areas needles you can cross mm-hmm. but just you know a lot of guys will look at an area like that and just you know drive up and it's like well the trail comes here so let's go yeah well most of those are lots of gravel you can ride around and what I've learned is the best thing to do is find out where it spreads out the most find the thinnest areas, cross it, maybe ride along, find another right. area. And cross at the, you know, the shallowest looking spots. Right. Because when you just cross at the one big channel where it all comes together, you might it's, get okay, <laughs> but you might also with be, you know, wet feet and might end up with a push down well, the river wheeler. It, and,
2: it's the same volume of water. Yes. Just in a smaller area. Smaller area. So
0: play it safe. Yeah. And then, once you get in the river and think, oh, I'm good, I can cross anywhere I can, don't just start riding around in the water just for fun. <laughs> I did that one
2: time. Yeah.
0: Turned out bad.
2: Okay? I, I, I have ruined a wheelchair. I don't know if I've told that. that story on
0: here or not. <laughs> uh, that's for another time. <laughs> and that, so, you know, okay. I think that covers rivers. Mm. Okay. Uh, another kind of creek. Okay. Down to the small stuff. Yeah. Um, most little creeks in Alaska are about two feet wide. Okay, maybe yep. 16 inches wide. Sounds right. And about the same depth. Some of them are deeper. And then you have two kind of types of creek in that ty- in that in that way. A lot of them, the, the terrain drops in right hmm. by them, kind of like steep banks,
2: steep yeah. banks,
0: right? And you can't quite ride in and out.
2: And, and some of them, yeah, some of them, it looks like at one point there was a lot more water, almost right. because of the the erosion that's taken place. But it's just, yeah, the 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 banks are so. So spread out on each side, right?
0: Well, and a lot of that's the permafrost, right? Right, because yeah. they slowly melt the permafrost, and a lot of times you'll have a two foot wide, two foot deep creek that's six feet down, <laughs> but <laughs> right. it's not, but yeah. steep sides, right? Because yeah. it's just melted the permafrost mm-hmm. in that spot, yeah. Slowly, um, and those usually you don't have much to worry about. You stick a stick in the bottom, okay, everything's solid. Mm-hmm. I just gotta somehow get in there and then get out without turning over, and I have to winch myself out, right. And in the wintertime with a snow machine, you might have the same thing. Like you got to get that hard pack before you can ride through it easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so those aren't too bad, but just something to think about. The other kind that I've had the most trouble with is the ones that are on the ground level. Pretty much. They barely drop down, but they look muddy and silty all around. them. Mm-hmm. And while the, Mud and silt around them on the outsides of them may not be too bad. A lot of times it can get real sticky. Yeah. But it's the mud and silt underneath it. Yeah. And you drive right into it and there you are, high centered in the mud. Yeah. You can't go nowhere. And guess what? You're getting out. You're going to get nasty. get down into there, get your winch pulled out of the mud. Yep. So you can winch yourself out of that stupid mud. And the best thing to do with those is find the place where there's the most grass Mm -hmm. and the most bushes, where it's maybe narrow up between tussocks off the trail. Maybe where the sun hasn't hit around it and melted so much permafrost and try to cross there where you only have one set of tires in the water at a time mm-hmm. instead of your whole wheelers sinking in the mud, yeah. getting stuck in the mud. And it's just <laughs> a lot of stories and yep. a lot of experiences with that. And
2: well, and, and I've got one, um, from this past spring, actually, okay. uh, kind of along those same lines of a very small looking Creek that is extremely surprising so and this is a totally different side of this because i'm not talking about wheelers i was on foot okay so <laughs> kind of <laughs> pointing off what you were talking about so where i one of the areas i was bear baiting this spring um i had to basically navigate through this real swampy area to mm-hmm. get into a swath of trees and and that's where i was setting up my bait uh, It was the only good place to put a couple of stands and whatnot and it was nice, solid ground once you got into the trees, right? The roots are holding everything together. It was right. a, a real beautiful trail after that, but that that swath of uh of uh, swamp right before that was gnarly. um not too bad at the at the first stage, but then you got up to one of those creeks, and I was crossing one of those creeks, mm-hmm. and you know, looking at it, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, like you said, I mean they were like it was like a foot wide, and it it didn't look very deep. you're right. just, you're just kind of. Oh yeah, it just trickles from here and <laughs> trickles out over there and just goes there. I can step across it super easy. There was a spot with like two trees. So, you know, I just grab those two little thin trees with yeah. each hand, step onto the tussock on the other side. No big deal. Did it a bunch of times going back and forth. Well, one time I was going across there and I think I had two, two bags of dog food on my back okay. on my pack board. So weighted down and walking in there, and I go to step on that tussock and it breaks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And for anybody that's walked in swampy Alaska tundra country, it's just, <laughs> into the you know, they, they, those mounds are not always solid where they stay. And so I stepped on it and it kicked sideways, broke, and my leg went into the creek. If, if you know what it's like to like fall down, you know, there's like, a little bit of a thought process mm-hmm. that happens immediately before anything ever takes place. And so in, initially, you know, in that, that ex- extreme split second before I, I, what ended up happening, I'm thinking, ah, man, might get some wet socks. No problem. All
3: right.
2: My entire leg went yeah. into that little one foot wide Creek yeah, all the way down to my waist. Like it was my entire leg got yeah, soaked. My there. boot filled up with water. I mean, it was, mind blowing how deep that thing was and so and you know then i'm I'm there with a you know i don't know how much weight two two bags of dog food probably you know 80 90 pounds on my back and um it's just it was i couldn't believe how deep that particular creek i mean i've experienced like what you're talking about you know kind of out in in the really swampy country but like nothing like that right and i was right on the edge of the trees too and and it just it really sets it in your mind, you know, when you're like, just because it looks like a little trickling Mm -hmm. creek doesn't mean that's what it is. And, and even if you're on, especially if you're on foot, I'll say, um, you know, keep an eye out for that.
0: Yeah. I've seen little creeks like what you're talking about, that style that kind of drop in at the bottom. And Mm -hmm. I've seen those things and been there at the coldest months and the warmest months Mm -hmm. and seen them run year round. Oh yeah. Which blows my mind because Mm The big creek that's 10 feet wide and 3 feet deep freezes solid and, fall, and the ice falls in. Right, yeah. But the one 5 miles later that's 2 feet wide and 2 feet deep down in the ditch runs all year long. Yeah. I don't know if it's the source or if it's the fact that it's melted through more permafrost Spe- and it's more speed insulated.
2: Of the, speed of the water maybe, I don't know. Like, yeah. it's Maybe. It's, yeah.
0: Uh, and there's a lot of water moving in that big creek, but it's also a lot more open to the temperature. So right. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just... It, you know, like, because it'll get a little ice on top with a small one, but mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't freeze through.
2: Right. Yeah. Now, another important thing to read, all good stuff as far as water goes, but kind of the opposite spectrum of that yeah. is getting to the top of a mountain,
3: getting, get, to getting
2: up in elevation. Mm-hmm. Learning to read topo lines when you're looking at these maps is very, very important. Um, it's, it's very easy especially if you're in that 2d space Mm -hmm. to not understand the terrain you're about to get yourself into um but that's where the 3d feature comes in real handy you can kind of get a really good visual of what's gonna what you're gonna get yourself into but the 2d topo hybrid is a really useful thing if you know how to read topo lines it it can really help you when you're planning how you're going to get out there because as we talked about before with steep country um weight and balance is everything. Right. You know, making sure you've got your your Wheeler balanced in a way that it's not you don't have all of your weight on the back of the Wheeler and no weight on the front to where it's going to be tipping backwards. Um if you're going to be hauling a trailer, you know, a meat wagon or something right. like that loaded down, you know, you need to know if you have a Wheeler that's capable of pulling that thing up a very right. steep uh hill to get to the top of wherever you're trying to go and you don't want to end up, you know, sometimes you don't hit the steep stuff till you're 8 miles in you know, or, or farther. Mm -hmm. And you might hit a couple of, you know, real, real easy going. Starts out gradual. Starts out gradual, you know, as you're getting through those, those foothills and then you get to the, to the, where you're actually trying to go. And and all of a sudden you're staring at this, you know, mile plus to the top, just straight up basically. And maybe if you hadn't planned correctly, you didn't know that was coming. And now you're looking at maybe your, your, undersized wheeler with a, a heavy trailer and, you know, maybe your balance isn't correct. You really need to, to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And and it's a feature that can keep you out of trouble if you know what's coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, on, on that note, we talked about tracking earlier and mm-hmm. how important that is in, in, in following trails. I, uh, one, one occasion riding in the mountains mm-hmm. looking for a trail that I was told was there and we never found it. Maybe it is, it was really well hidden <laughs> if it was. Um, but we were riding around this mountain off of a road, off of a road, pretty easy to ride in. We found a trail. We were just like pointing at, looking at trails and trying to ride them in. Yep. We rode in and we rode around and we saw this spot where two wheeler tracks went up a steep area. Like, oh, look, maybe it goes up there and rides somewhere. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? We go up and we ride around and didn't find anything. Couldn't get anywhere. It got too steep. Couldn't side hill. All right, well, let's go back down. We went back where we came up and we couldn't tell where we came up. Mm-hmm. So, That's I a picked a spot sometimes. that looked close and went down. Um, I went down and I got near, started getting near the bottom, started getting steeper and steeper and it was a lot of shale. Mm-hmm. Probably that real loose, bigger shale. Yep. And um, I couldn't hold the brakes because every time I'd hold the brakes, my wheeler would start to turn sideways. Right. You are just
2: sliding on that the
0: rock. In the shale. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, Shortly in front of me, I can see some bushes. I know not want hit the bushes. Mm-hmm. I'm home free. Um, but at that point, I was, you know, real clinching, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, just, you know, and 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 God help me get through this. Like, you make, you know, I'm moving just right, just letting it move just fast enough without stopping. But mm-hmm. um, and I find I get through. I got down it, and then the next guy's coming down. Like he's about to follow me, yeah. so I'm like yelling <laughs> and waving because we're a couple hundred yards apart. Right down the yeah. hill. There's wind. And I think he, if I remember, he did see me and kind of figure out where he was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. But what, what I learned from that situation is, and I used to look at it the opposite way, but that situation and, that, and then others, but just because you can get up it doesn't mean you can get down it, mm-hmm. right? Even coming down the main trail on that one, which wasn't really a trail, it was two marks where somebody had gone up. Yeah. Even getting down the main trail was risky, very risky. It was very steep. You had to come down with some speed or else you might, you know, tip over or go sideways or something. Yep. Doing that with weight on top of the wheeler wouldn't have even been an option, Yeah. right? If it, you know, it would have been a real risky one. Doing mm-hmm. it with a doing it with a meat wagon may not have been too bad if you hit it just right and knew exactly where you were going, but right. um, you know, that's where and that's where honestly the six wheelers come in in the steep country. Oh yeah, absolutely. But be- if you can get down it you can usually get up, unless, unless you've got a problem with lots of weight, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, weight it disbalanced on your wheeler, right? Like that, yeah. or, or you're pulling a meat wagon. I was coming, I came out of a steep area with my wheat wagon. I think I mentioned that. Mm. It was steep. I was scratching tires all the way up yeah. in a steep area, right? <laughs> I yeah. made it out and I was fine. You know, my wheeler was fine. Everything turned out. But that was, you know, not something I'd really even thought was going to be an issue in there. Yeah. But I hadn't run it with a meat wagon. And right. I hadn't run that trail, I was not going to run that trail with the weight on top of my wheeler because mm. I knew what it was like. Yeah. But that's well, that's a big thing. If you haven't ridden and you find a spot to get up, if there's not a better spot to get down that you know of, run your tracker, even yeah. just for that so you can see it and you can figure it out before you go down so you don't die rolling your wheeler down the mountain.
2: Right. Well, and, and that's just the thing is like failure to do that, yeah. to to... Keep the same path up and down, but also just failure to understand how steep some things are, right? And within your your rideability, you know, yeah. your your ride, your capability of being a wheeler operator. Um, you hear stories every year of people, you know, rolling their wheelers on yeah. steep hills, ending up all the way back at the bottom. Maybe you know having to get Medivac'd out, helicoptered mm-hmm. out, things like that. It's not a situation you want to find yourself in. Don't side hill.
0: If it's it's even a little bit of elevation mm -hmm. and you've got weight on top of your wheeler, side is not an option. No. I hit a little bump with my wheeler with two guys in bear bait and tipped it over this spring. Yep. And I thought I was fine, but because I had so much weight on top, all it took was that little bump. Yeah.
2: A stump or a bigger, slightly bigger rock or Right. Any, and it was just a little, yeah, a little bit b- of
0: gravel sticking up. It was yeah, yep. the craziest little thing and it tipped, tipped us over. And we were fine and nothing got hurt, but um, it's just, it's important to pay attention to those things. And if you can yeah. do it by learning from us talking instead of personal experience that I have. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I don't have as bad a stories as some people have a rolling wheelers. And right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I had one other thought and that, that was just riding double mm-hmm. is a lot riskier than the steep stuff. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of stuff you can ride by yourself Yep, and and it's fine. You're fine all day long. As soon as you ride double, there's more weight that you don't have control of what it's doing, where it's going. A lot of right. times I'm riding up steep stuff and I'm standing up, leaning over the handlebars, exactly. right? You've got your whole body your weight, weight on the forward. front. Right. Yeah. As soon as you have somebody behind you, as much as they might try to do that, they can't.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and then like you said, you can't control where they go. So, do they, right. Are they leaning a little bit right? Are they leaning a bit left? Right. Maybe a hand slips; they're not holding on properly. Right, that, that can throw you for a loop, especially if you're on like that that real loose shale rock or something like that. You know, it just takes one wrong move. There's, um, there's been a few times getting up over steep banks
0: mm-hmm. where I've um, gotten off the wheeler. I've got it like part way up, and then I get off the wheeler and I climb around and I hang off the front handlebars from the from the front, and then slowly you know, climb it up out of that bank or out of the river or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I didn't go back that way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully what you guys have been able to pull from this is is that, you know, these mapping systems, they have tools built into them to help you avoid getting in over your head, whether that's with wet conditions, steep conditions, uh, finding yourself behind barricades that you didn't know were there or, you know, ending up on, on the wrong, The wrong property, you know, whether it's state land, BLM Mm -hmm. land, you know, tribal lands, any of those. Um, And it's really important if you're going to be utilizing these tools to really dig into them and and figure out what all they offer. Because, I mean, these things have been in development for a long time. They have And and there's so many great features built into them. But if you don't use them, they don't do you any good. Right. So, um, you know, track your trails. Watch your topo lines Be aware of the conditions you're in for the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this in the low 48, this applies to you just the same. You, know, you want to make sure that you're aware of the, what the features in your state look like before you go out there and commit to a 10-day right. hunt and find out on day one you can't get where you were trying to go. So we're going to wrap this one up. Um, we've uh, pretty much beat all these topics to death so so, <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for listening we are uh, we're happy to be releasing two episodes a week now and definitely let us yeah. know what you're thinking about that um, how you like it if it's uh, if it's uh, easier for you guys to listen to mm-hmm. or maybe you you prefer the long longer form let us know uh, best way to let us know is by reaching out either on our socials uh, if you search at the northern hunter on right. Facebook or Instagram you can reach us there The contact button at the northernhunter.com is a great way, too. You just put in a little bit of information. It'll get us a message directly to our email inbox. Um, While you're there, you support the channel with uh, either buying some merch in the shop or going to our partners page and shopping with any of the companies that have been kind enough to partner with us and support what we're doing. Helps them. It helps us. We really appreciate it. Um, And, of course, giving us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to, subscribing to the show, sharing it with your friends, people that might... Uh, be coming up to alaska or just have an interest in alaska um helping us get the information to them and helping us spread the word really Mm -hmm. really lets us grow and, and continue doing what we're doing we we're having a lot of fun we hope you guys are too so uh we're gonna sign off for the week and we'll see you monday and until then get out there get after it good luck